Hey, and welcome back to Rad Country. I am your host, Nick Rucker. And of course, usually Justin is with me, but unfortunately he has 500 kids that he's taking care of tonight. And that you got me. That's all. You got me. I'm sorry. But um, I have a very special guest. And before we get into this, I did want to say on, I have a show coming up that was a last minute booking at the Bornada in Omaha on June 2nd. So from six o'clock PM until nine o'clock, I will be playing music uh, for anybody there and I'll be solo. And so come out to the Bornada and check it out and we'll have a good time. Um, and without further ado, get into our guest here. Ursel, how are you? Couldn't be better, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really good. Thank you so much for asking. I'm really, really good. You're welcome. Uh, so we have on here today, and so I'm going to let Ursel really introduce himself. But Ursel, Ivanhoe, and I met um, on Saturday at a show of mine. So we have no real background together. This is <clears throat> the second interaction we've really had face to face. And uh, just uh, so people know, Ursel was at my show at uh, The Good Life. And he stopped me as I was walking in unloading and uh, just asked me what I was, if I was the musician and what kind of music I played. And then I continued to unpack. And then I shared a couple of stories about some songs at the show, which I think maybe have caught, caught your attention a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you came up and asked me um, <clears throat> what my story was, and I'm so. I think you'll probably you probably relate a little bit too. It's like your story gets smaller the more you tell mm. it um, because yeah. you, tr- you, tr- you try to get you try to give the trailer and read it instead yeah. of the whole movie, and yeah. so I I gave you the trailer that night because I was I was. You were working. Yeah, yeah, I got. <laughs> and and so I gave you what I had. But man, like I said um, before, we started uh, the the show here. I was something brought us together, and I believe in those kind of fate situations. Um, you're from LA. You were in Omaha uh, doing a, a a filming of of a documentary of some sorts. Correct. Yeah. And. I was just like, those are the things for me that are like, okay, this is different than usual. Um, yeah. He's not a farmer. Um, he's not, <laughs> <laughs> he's not from got? Nebraska. <laughs> and uh, so um, ultimately, man, I'll let you take the floor, but uh, everybody welcome Ursel. And hey, man, so give us just a little bit of backstory. What really what what brings you to omaha what are you doing here what are you working on the things you can share and probably some things you can't share quite yet but uh what's going on with you man i get on your instagram page and i see all these motivational stories that i'm just like i want to be a better person today because of the stuff that you're sharing ah thank you wow that's (laughs) that's amazing dude um (laughs) thank you that uh so Here's the thing, bro. So whenever I see somebody that is putting the like, I I think I think music, music and stand up comedy. I'm a, I'm a comedian as well. Like 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 like, whenever I see a musician showing up solo, like I th- there's a certain level of respect I immediately have because it's like 
you're going to come there by yourself and you let off with one of your original songs, you yeah. know? And, and so, and so I'm listening, it's what I'm, I'm like, what are you going to do? You're like, I'm, I'm going to sing. I'm like, dude, I can't wait because I know what it's like to be a performer, but I also know what it's like to present your heart to the world. Yep. And so my thing is like, eat, like, like performance secondary, just having the courage to step out in front of a group of strangers who aren't, who probably aren't expecting you and to, and to put yourself out there. My thing is like, my, like the respect level I have for that is just through the roof. So I was like, bro, even if you suck, I'm with you. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 like, like my thing is like, if, if I see the musician, I come, I come from, I come from a, a musical family. So I've always been around music. So it's like, I get the grind of rehearsing. I get the grind yep. of writing and composing, like all those hours you put into just getting to that point. It's like, I'm with you, dude. Even if your output is terrible, I'm going to high five you the high time. And then you started singing and you were like, anywhere you, anywhere you want to go, I'm going to be. Yo, that song hit my heart. Like, this is effing beautiful. Because like, for me, Love is the destination of where the love, the love connects. It has nothing to do with location. And I love yep. the fact that your first song was like, if I'm with you, it doesn't matter where we are. This is where it's at. And so like, I'm like, oh, this dude is nice. And here's the truth. Like I was raised in, in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm from mm -hmm. the country music capital of the universe. Yep. So for me, country music has always been, like I tell people, if I ever became a singer, that will be my genre because it's the yep. most, I think it's the most authentic songwriting. Like, cause like you're vulnerable as heck. You're like, like every, every country music song, one way or another, you're putting yourself out there. There's no mask. There's no faking. It's like, <laughs> this is the honest truth. And your first yep. song, I was like, my guy is leading off with an original single and it's dope. Nick, like, bro, like, so, so it's like, for me, I'm sitting here just like, I hope this guy doesn't think I'm a jerk. I'm really enjoying his, like, I'm, I really enjoyed your music. So it was like, my thing is like, anytime I can celebrate somebody who is, is take, because I'm sure people have called you crazy. I'm sure people say, oh, bro, yeah. what do you, I'm like, I'm sure you've had all the naysayers. My thing is like to, to, to fight beyond that and to show up and do your thing. I applaud every second of that. So real talk, like, like that was my first impression. You're like, this guy is kind of dope and behind the mic on the guitar. All right. And so it's like, that was my first impression of you. So I was like, this guy has to have a story because yep. the good life is not, the good life isn't the country musical bomb of, of Omaha, but this guy's <laughs> on his grind. <clears throat> You're on your grind, and my thing is like I I I applaud anybody that takes the route to get to the, where they want to go. So yep. like my thing is like the 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 funny thing about the good life. The last time I was in Omaha, so so I, so I was out there. So I was in Omaha. I used to do stand up, uh, and when I left Nebraska, I traveled around a little bit. But I but but when I got to California, I just stopped doing stand up. I, I, yep. I get to Cali. I'm literally thirty. 50 miles away from LA, the comedy mecca, and I quit doing stand-up, right? And it's been 15 years since I played in Omaha. And this past weekend was my first time back in my home club. Okay. And that, that Saturday, I was like, okay, where can I go to kind of prep, to kind of get around the people of Omaha and to just kind of 
remind myself of this place. So I was like, good life. That, that bar was the last place I was in when I was last, when I was here a few years ago. And I'm going there and I'm literally writing jokes, go, trying to figure out my set. And then you walk in doing your thing. And it like, it like super, it really motivated me like, yo, go just do you, bro. Like do, do, be confident in what you're doing. So real talk, yeah. like, like, like you're right. Our meeting was, was perfect because yeah. I left like, yo, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get this show on and let me not, let me not be fearful of what they, what I may think the crowd's response is going to be. Let me just show up and be me. Yeah. Um, so I'll be honest, like, 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 you're, you're like, I was just as blessed and encouraged and inspired and motivated. Like, yo, I, I left, hopped in my Jeep, drove to the funny bone, had a great night. Um, yep. So, so I, I, I agree. I think our connection was, was the perfect moment we both needed. Um, it was. So yeah, it was, sure. I, I thought it was a, how, how, how did this? How did the show end? How, how long were you? How long were you playing? Uh, I played till eight o'clock, yeah. and um, it got really busy, like towards the end. So, yeah, I think you know, as you as a performer, you know this too. It's like there's peak hours that people are out and yeah. about, and when would be better probably for you to play and stuff like that. I think they need to adjust their times that they have somebody yeah. come and play. I mean, it was perfect. For me, four hours is a long time to play, yeah, especially in the I sun. Bet. But <laughs> yeah, that sun was hitting you, bro. Oh my, yeah, it was. It was hitting you hard. Oh my gosh! By the end of it, I was like, I just, I wish I could pay somebody to load my stuff for me <laughs> so I could just walk, walk away from this. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I remember like where I was sitting. I actually had to move because the sun was passing that big pillar thing and it was yeah it was hitting you right in the face you, you couldn't oh, yeah. dodge it that's oh my gosh dude, dude you know how many dude. times i've sat sat stood in, in those spots and gotten hit with the sun or yeah. there's just like or if i'm in a swamp area it seems like and there's bugs all over my face and i just yeah. i'm like what am i doing you know yeah. like do i really need to do this and then i'm like yeah, you need to do this yep. because somebody here hasn't heard your music yet. So, yep. <clears throat> so I always just yep. stick it out, you know. And it's like, hey, I chose to be here, so yeah, yeah. I can either have Dude, a good attitude about it or not. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's it's funny yeah. you say that. Like, I've, I've discovered that if I'm like ninety nine percent of of our lives, when you think about it, we're really not forced. It's all choice. And I've discovered, like, if, I, if, if this is something I've chosen, I have no option but to be happy about it because I can choose something else. I can quickly yep. say, you know what? I don't want to do this. Let me change and choose. So, so the fact that I have the, 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 the power to choose it, it's like I have no reason to be bummed out. I haven't. There's, there's no one next to me holding a gun saying you have to do this. Yes. So it's like, let me, let me enjoy it all. And, and I think, like, there's that 10,000 hour rule of when you hit that 10,000 hours of doing your thing, it's like you've earned, it's like you get to a new level and all of a sudden you're who you are in that space gets recognized by the universe. I'm a firm believer that work effort commitment does have a, 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 a net value that, that, that comes to you when you get to that point. Um, like, like, yep. it's funny, like it's it, like, a year ago, so, I, so, so, so like my backstory, I've always been 
I've always been a big dude, right? Since I was a kid, I've always yep. had the food issue since first grade. First grade, I got my first belly and my B-cup boobs, and it was no looking back from that point. <laughs> it, was, it was literally like, I got tits! Woohoo! Like, and it, there, there was no looking back, right? Yeah. It, 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 was always a, it was always a pivotal point, and at, at a certain point of my life, it went from being cute and funny to this is bad why are you the fat kid and i'm like wait a second like you guys were calling me cute and chubby up to fourth grade now i'm all of a sudden fat so this is this is confusing and i've always like had this struggle of like my gosh this is this this is it's just always been a struggle of mine and and i've discovered like in this season committing to something and deciding you're there in that exact moment, it's like the universe responds to that. And mm-hmm. it's funny, like, like about a year ago, um, I was probably about 10 months into my journey. Basically, July the 5th, 2020, I made a decision. This is the day I'm changing my life, right? Um, I, I, I'd been fat yep. forever, and I tried everything. I say that in quotes because I didn't commit to anything. I just tried it. Tried it all, but committed to nothing. And a buddy of mine died from COVID. Yep. And, and, and the thing that got him, bro, he was 500 plus pounds. He was 32, a yeah. young kid. And none, and none of the other symptoms got him, but the dude just couldn't breathe. And when he died, I was like, okay, this weight that I'm living and this weight that I've been living with, like you don't live with weight, you just slowly die with it. So it's yeah. like this weight I've been slowly dying with what's the price I've been paying for this life? What if I, I'm missing out on so much. So it's yeah. like, let me make it, let, 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 let me, let me get, let me, let me experience something different. So like, I was like, if I can just get to July the 4th, I'm gonna drink all the beer, eat all the nachos, have all the fun in July the 5th, done so. July the 5th came and started, started doing keto. That was the easiest diet to do. Um, quit drinking beer and stopped eating chips and was able to succeed. Like, it's crazy how easy keto is, right? Um, and in yep. May, I started sharing my story. I was about, last year this time, I was about 75, 80-ish pounds down. And I started mm-hmm. sharing my story. And it was interesting that when I started sharing what I was doing, the response was through the roof. Um, my Instagram blew up. Um, people started engaging me. People that people that were your size, people that are your size, hit me up like, dude, like, what are you doing? How are you staying so like? And it was it, it was this thing where I discovered that like results are dope, but I think re- results just prove what's happening here in your mind. And I've discovered uh-huh. that when we make decisions that, that are our choice, the world becomes ours. The universe becomes right. ours. Like, like we get to now choose and create whatever we want. Cause like commitment is the ultimate energy, in my opinion. If you're committed to something, it's a guarantee you're gonna get it. it. There's no way around it. it that's the way it works. Right. That's, that's the rule. Those are the rules of commitment. Inspiration, motivation, all that stuff is cool. For sure. But but commitment, nothing beats that. And 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 that's been my discovery. Like, yo. 
I'm a committed man. <laughs> Even yeah. though there are days I go to the gym <laughs> and I'm like, I hate the gym. Like, there are days I'm like, I want to burn the gym down. Yeah. You know, there are days I'm like, I don't want to eat anything in my refrigerator. But it's like, okay, what's, what's more powerful right now, this impulse or commitment? You know, and so I think like, like mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think here's the truth. I really think what, what connected us is our commitment. You're a committed man. Yep. You were at, you were at yep. good life Saturday night because you're committed to the big picture of what you want to do with your life. And I think, I think that levels right. up. I think people that are committed, that's the top 1%. <laughs> it's not a political party yeah. at all. It's those who discovered their power, you know? So yeah. totally, totally, totally agree with that. Like, and you know, we're not so um, different in the, in the full perspective of like, I six years ago was like at the weight I am now was probably yeah. 60 pounds heavier than I am right oh, now. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I was the same, the same way, you know, I just, I was drinking all the time, Like my thing was alcohol. So, yeah. um, I had to kick that. And as my commitment then at that point was like, like staying sober because yeah. for not just for me, but everybody that was around me and effect affected by it. And so ultimately, you know, then it became, Hey, I joined a CrossFit gym and that's where it started was CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually got to where I was like, I could probably be doing this on my own like at home or something like that. And so that's what it's grown into now. So like, I think that's where the motivation came a lot of from seeing your videos and your story, because I was like, I fucking love the underdog stories. You know, who doesn't love the underdog stories where it's like somebody battles back from something that they, you know, ultimately didn't think was ever possible. Hmm. Cause I'm sure at some point you were just like, this is just how I am. And yeah. nothing, nothing's ever going to change. This is yep. just who I am. And yep. you, you almost start to find, um, I guess, um, comfort in those things. And it's, it's horrible. And I, I think that's what breaks my soul at times is whenever I come across people who are like that and living in that world where they're, so comfortable in their vices or their their shortcomings that i'm like i want to slap you right now and say stop stop doing this because you are giving your power to everybody else around you besides yourself and so when i watched your videos i was just like yes this is this is one of those those times when maybe somebody came into your life and said hey man you need to get your shit together like yeah. today and yeah. you were just like wow it's weird that i i've been told that a hundred times but today it was different so i'm yeah. choosing to to live life differently moving forward if yeah. dude so that's that's totally awesome and i'm you know i started sharing your profile with people and people that i knew would be that either needed it or yeah. um or just would be like, this is awesome. Like somebody you. you're cheering, you. your cheering section grew. Uh, Thank you. Thank so, you. so the, I guess an, another question too, is I, I want to get, I'm kind of curious about your comedy career, like your yeah. comedy stuff, because 
the most of the people that I listen to podcast wise is Bill Burr, um, yeah. other like Bill Burr, Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian, Brian Callen, uh, yeah. all these, the, um, um, comedy store guys, I guess yeah. is, is, mm-hmm. is how I always think of them. I've never been there and I have no yeah. association with it, but like him, Joe Rogan, all, the same people that everybody else listens mm-hmm. to probably. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me about this now, because I want to know a lot about that too. Cause did, so did you used to come to Omaha and, and do sets at the funny bone? And so I, 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 I used to live in Nebraska um, so my, my connection was Nebraska. Okay. I came out to Lincoln for school back in 2000. Came out, okay. to Lincoln, got, a, got a full ride scholarship. I was an English and theater major. And they were like, yo, we need to diversify our program. We'll give you whatever you want. Come out. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> so I came to Lincoln and ended up dropping out. Came to Lincoln. My best friend was out there at the time time we started this telemarketing company and it was like man like school is really getting in the way of us building this company um so we dropped out um about a a few months after we dropped out i went to an open mic in lincoln at duffy's comedy workshop and i'd always wanted to do it when i when i when i when when, growing up growing up as a kid we always had comedy playing was mainly like adult comedy that was that, that that I didn't understand but I would see my my parents and, and the adults sitting around the stereo listening to these TVs laughing or watching videos and so I'm just like I don't get it but I want to do that because I know I was meant to be in front like, I've always like I've always been in front of the crowd talking so when I yeah. saw comedy I was like yo like I'm a funny dude and then, and then the first actual stand-up that really stuck was Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Saw Delirious, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I'll be and, and bro, that literally that 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 changed my life. I was like, "Yep, I want to do that." And yep. I remember, but it, but it wasn't until I saw Dave Chappelle's Killing Them Softly, I was like, "That's how I want to write." I love his writing style, so I was like, "That's what I want to do." And I'm in Lincoln. I'm the funniest guy in my crew, and one of one of my buddies, they they promoted parties. They were like, yo, let's start promoting comedy shows. So they found a few big name comedians, started booking them in Lincoln, and, and I was like, yo, you gotta find somebody to host these shows. Let me give five minutes. And they were like, All right, you're yeah. funny in the car, like you're funny at the house. Are you funny on stage? <laughs> like, cause that's a different world. And so I yep. went to Duffy's one night and they were like, this is going to be your audition. If you suck, we're not letting you do this. So I went to Duffy's, wrote five minutes of comedy, got up and did my little set. And they were just like, all right, you got the gig. And, and, and it was like, I got the gig, but I didn't really catch the bug until I hit Omaha. I went to the Funny Bone, went to their open mic after about a year of doing open mics in Lincoln. And I went to Omaha and I was like, oh, wow, this is a real comedy club. Like, this is yeah. what this room does. Like, like I've, I've been performing in rooms that do everything but comedy. Now I'm yeah. at a room that was built for this art. And it's like, yo, this is, this is the stage that Jerry Seinfeld stood on and Bill Burr stood on. And all of these legends in the game have stood on this very stage. And now I'm on it. 
it just <laughs> like like it literally like it, it, it blew my mind like cable guy at the time would come into the club because he was he started off in omaha as well cable guy would come in and sit in the back and and just be in the cut and we us little young wet behind the ears comments would be walking out like hey good set and you look across like oh shit that's literally the cable guy that just got me good set and he's the he's the number one comedian on the planet right now and he he shows up as an equal to me here blew my mind so yeah. it's like i caught the bug and then for the next year performing at the funny bone i ate it <laughs> every time i'd get on the mic i'd either just get crickets or just table talk no one was engaged and I could not, I could not figure out. I'm like, why? Like every every place else loves me. Why is it that when I come to the bone, they're like, mm. and I realized I I I I'd written this story in my head that I'm not good enough. And so when I show up, I had no confidence. I had no, my energy was off. And one day I was standing on the side of the stage, and it hit me like, yo, like. They keep letting me come, even though I've been eating it consistently for the last year. They clearly see something in me. Let me see it in myself. And from that moment, the funny bone, like the stakes changed in the sense of I didn't put pressure on the performance, but I also showed up like, yo, this, this is who I am. And yeah. so the so funny the funny bone has been. Like it was kind of surreal being back there this weekend and hearing them like like standing at the standing on the side of the stage, hearing the countdown and just being in that environment. Like it's like, yo, this is where I'm supposed to be, even though I have no new jokes, <laughs> even though I like 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 I'm I'm literally writing and just just discovering a new set. But it's like, what better place to be than at home, you know? Right. So it's it's like that, that that that's Omaha will always be a special place to me because it's like that this 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 and, and then the, in Nebraska in general will always be special because this was the place that I really feel like I discovered myself in so many areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny you say like this was also the place I decided I was just going to live with being fat. This was also the really? place I was like, you know what? This is as good as it's going to get. I'm in the good life. You know, I perform on the weekends. I get free food and beer. This has to be it. So I literally just yeah. said, I'm not going to work on changing. Right. And so like, like, it's like, like, I kind of feel like this is a, an opportunity to come back to where it all started and correct a bunch of different things. Um, but like, it's funny, like, 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 like the key, the key conversation that really changed my mind um, I was about four months into my journey and I probably lost about 35, 45 pounds. And I was ready to quit. You know, you know, I'm going to church and folks are like, oh my gosh, yourself, you, you're, you're looking, have you dropped weight? Like, like people are starting to notice, right? And so but on the inside, uh-huh. I'm like, man, this is, this sucks. I miss nachos. I miss beer. I love IPAs. What's going on? And, 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 and my buddy put on this little weekend get together for men. Like, let's, let's have, I want to have a men getaway. I'm going to bring some coaches in. They're just going to challenge you to check your life. And the first night I get there, I'm sitting across the table from the main, the main coach. It's just he and I. And he's like, tell me your story. 
So I start telling you my story, you know, and, and my story back then was a very victim story. Here's all the things I don't have. Please feel sorry for me. So I go through the yes. laundry list, you know, I'm not, I'm not married. I, I want a family, you know, I'm just still trying <laughs> to get my first house. You know, my, my business is like, it's going okay, but I want it to be better. Just going through all the touch points that normally have people feeling sorry for me, which gets me in good with them. Cause I'm like, if you, if you feel sorry for me, you'll, you'll, you'll give me whatever I want. And so yeah. as I'm telling him my story, normally people are like, Oh, this is sad. But as I got, as I hit more pain points, he started smiling and grinning. And I'm like, what's happening? This is not, he's not responding to the story the way he's supposed to. I get to the very end of the story. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's my life. And he was like, wow, so, so you're telling me the future's bright. And I was like, what? And he was like, man, like what you, what marriage, kids, your first home, your business hitting off successfully, you chasing your dreams. Every human on the planet would agree. Those are key points in life. And you're telling me all that's ahead of you, bro. I wish I was you. And he said that. And I was just like, oh, and it literally wrecked my world, bro. It literally, every time I tell that story, I get chills. Like, wow, the future's bright. The future's where possibility is waiting. Like whatever I want to create is ahead of me. And, and, and it was like, that was the, that was the conversation that literally crumbled everything I'd built. It was like, nah, you need to start this thing all over, bro. You've been telling yourself, a jacked up story and you've been believing that story like why don't you rewrite your story um and that was when I really started looking at life it's funny like my weight is just in 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 outer it's an outer cue of what's happening in my heart broken bodies Mm -hmm. are just because your heart's broken your mind's broken so your body reflects it and it was in that moment I realized I've been, I've been attacking the result. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me go to where the actual issue is and fix that. Because if I fix the issue, the results are going to change. I spent all my life just trying to say, let, let, let me go. My heart's broken, so let me go get on a treadmill. Like, what? No, no wonder my diet attempts never worked. No wonder my attempts to change because those were the responses to what was what I was experiencing in here. And so that's when the journey started of, okay, let me stop worrying about weight, size, calories, food, because that's what I've ran to. Let me go back to home and see what's jacked up there. Let me just fix home. If home is fixed, where do I need to run? And so right. that's really what, what started the, all right, now you can live the life you want because you're not clinging on to things for, for comfort and for love and for peace. You have it here. Like, like so I was, I, was, I was raised in Nashville. And when I was nine, I was raised right, right outside of Nashville. And where we lived, it was like in this neighborhood full. We were like this in this neighborhood in the woods. So every house <laughs> had anywhere from three, four to 10 acres of woods behind it, depending on just how the road moved. And so yep. we spent all of our days building forts, playing guns, hide and go seek in the woods. And one day, a group of the older boys in the neighborhood, the kids I wasn't allowed to play with, they were like, yo, we're camping out behind our house in the woods tonight. You got to be there. And I'm just like, 
oh, snap, the cool kids are going <laughs> to hang out with me? So I, I was like, no one in my crew is going to believe this. I'm about to be the man. So I, I, I run home. I make up this lie. I tell my mother, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, mom, can I run away from home tonight? She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, I just want to see what it's like to be on my own. But I don't want us to be like, I want us to be cool. I don't want us to fight about it. Can I just run away for the night? She's like, what is this kid up to? All right, go ahead, run away. And I'm like, I'm going to leave. And she's like, all right. And so the way she, the, the way she tells this story, she's like, this was the night I discovered my youngest child was my bravest child, right? I pack my little bag, I run out. It's about to get dark. I, 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 I run out, I get to the, the site, and I don't, I don't know how soon upon my arrival, but basically I got attacked, I got pinned down, I got raped. These dudes gang raped my ass, literally. <laughs> and oh. it was the most, I'm sitting here like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> and okay. I finally... I, 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 it's, 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 that experience is still a blur, but I'm able to get away. I run out into the woods and I just hide. And I'm laying there in these woods and I'm like, man, like I have no idea where to go because I've never played here. So I'm yeah. literally just hiding behind a bush. I can still see the fire a few 50 yards away. They finally go to sleep. The fire goes out and I come home and I remember coming home and just being afraid, dude, like scared of everything. I can't trust anybody. Um, and if I tell anybody, I'm going to be in trouble. Like, I can't tell my mom I'm going to be in trouble. I can't tell my friends I'm going to be like, like, I was convinced that I was going to catch it. But it was crazy. Like, in that moment, hindsight, you look back and you realize, wow, like, this is where I took on all, took on all these stories. Like, I'm worthless. I'm trash. I'm not valuable. Nobody wants me. I, I'm not worth protecting. I'm all these ideas I had about myself. It's like, oh, snap. This is that experience that introduced that into my mind and my heart about myself. And, and for many, many years, all I did, bro, was like, suppress it. If, mm-hmm. if, if memories would come up, I would eat or I would drink. And it was like, I turned food into this, this safe space of oh, I can go into the kitchen and these Twinkies aren't going to hurt me. The, the Twinkie yeah. has a smiley face on the logo. You know, honey buns taste delicious. Like, I can find peace and comfort here and I'm protected because nothing in this room is going to harm me. And so it's like, it's funny, like, I, I remember, and here's the thing about it, bro, then I forgot about it. I for, I, I'd have random flashbacks, like, what was that? That's weird. But I kind of yeah. forgot about it. But it was like, it, it made sense that when people would say, Urs, you need to stop eating, I'd get offended. Because I'm like, why are you trying to take me away from my lover? Like, food is my best friend. You want me to walk away from that? You must be out of your mind. Yep. And, and when the pandemic hit, like, that, that was like the big thing. Like, I started getting these flashbacks. And I'm like, this, this seems like it happened to me. This, I have never watched porn with these visuals crap it did happen and the reality of okay this happened to me but it's not me it's just something that happened and it means nothing about who I am like that event and that experience all it is is a bridge 
It's a bridge for me to connect with someone who's had the experience. Beyond that, it's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Let me give myself permission to not need to, let me give myself permission to heal from that. And bro, it was, it was, it was, it's been over the last, like, like I finally admitted it to myself about a year ago. Um, I started, I started sharing my story. <laughs> I started putting these little, like, like these little videos together. My best friend was like, Urs, you're sharing your story, but you're not telling it all, dude. Like, are you, yeah. are you really being authentic? And, and it was a gut check. Like, let me, let me really face this thing. And let me be done with it from a standpoint of it hurting me. And like every time I tell the story, there's always anxiety. Like I realize this, there's always going to be some level of emotion attached because the expectation to remove your emotions from such a traumatic experience, are, that's, that's, that's a huge ask of yourself. But I'm discovering that the more I share it, the more I get to experience breakthrough and I get to anticipate breakthrough. Because whoever's listening to this podcast, they may not be able to, 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 to like relate to getting gang raped, but they can relate to feeling like trash. They can relate mm-hmm. to feeling useless and worthless. They can relate to feeling all alone. They can relate to being filled with fear. It's like, yo, yeah. those are just moments in the timeline, but that's not who you are. And like every time I share it, I feel more free. Like there's nothing I have to hide. So it's like, Shame, shame, shame is in the corner in the shadows. If you turn the light on, shame has nowhere to go. Shame yep. has to disappear. Fear has like all those things have to disappear. So it's like that's really been like the the discovery of how I've really gotten to this point, bro. It's been I'm no longer hurting. So now the kitchen is just another room. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's now it's, it's now a just a room. It's a tool. <laughs> that's where I go get fueled up. Yeah. Versus that's where I go for yeah. comfort. You know, so right. That's been the there. There are are times I still use it as a comfort Uh, (laughs) ice cream night. Come on, (laughs) I miss miss ice cream. I can't. I miss ice cream. I miss ice cream. cream. Oh man, that's my kryptonite now. Um, Man, you know that was a that was a quick uh, a big hitter for me there for a second, and so um, that growing up in the household that I did was it sounded like you did have loving and caring parents and yeah. probably a good childhood. And, yeah. and I guess I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum was spectrum was grew up with a stepdad that I at times probably thought he wished I was dead. So, mm. um, and so I, I did, I was the same way that you, we're talking about victimizing myself probably at the time. And yeah, it's funny as time has progressed because I have those flickers, this, this film will start rolling in my head at times. And I'm like, and I just get this pit in my stomach. I'm like, Oh shit. Like that fucking happened. And, um, and so I think for me, like with, with those two, those situations, I'm still coming to terms with everything. I think I'm, I'm trying to understand it more than anything before I can actually like fix it. Because a lot of times I catch myself being the same fucking guy that he is, you know, and that's where it bothers me. And so what you're saying is, is well, you could have taken that situation and you could have done that to other kids. You know, like, hey, I'm going to take this and use it as a different, in a completely different direction. And whereas, you know, 
you've come to terms with it now and, and you, you're, you understand it and that it's okay to move on in that it happened, but I'm not going to let it navigate the rest of my voyage through life, but the same way, the same way. And it's, it's crazy as we get older too. Um, I think it does, it comes with age maturity Mm -hmm. and, and understanding your feelings and emotions. And there was a point where I had to sit down and just like, I'm going to allow myself to think about those things that I don't like to think about. And I remember sitting, sitting there for a long time and Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, wow, you know, like, how could somebody do that? You know, Mm -hmm. and how could somebody act like that? And most of us and most of ours was just like, I don't know if you listen to Anthony Robbins or anything like that, or have ever read any of his books, but he talks about in the uh, ultimate unlimited power uh, neuroassociative conditioning. So you're actually like, just like conditioning your neurons to adopt a certain pattern or certain, whatever it is you want to accomplish. And that's what happened was it was years of like verbal abuse and years of just neglect and that over time gave me PTSD. That's, that's about as far as I could sum it up. And so I, you know, still navigating this boat, trying to figure things out and trying not to be the person that, and I recently, it was crazy that we're having this conversation because I recently admitted my shortcomings because of it, like, Mm -hmm. um, to, um, my significant other and was like, I'm, I'm who that person was. I, and I don't know how, because, oh, well, I was conditioned. I feel like at one point, this is how you love somebody else. Yeah. And, and I was never shown any other way. And so to even, I guess, bring this kind of full circle a little bit was like, well, then I don't know how to love myself. Um, compared, you know, like what you were saying was like my self-talk and self-love is you're not trying hard enough and you're not good enough. And so whenever you're talking about, I feel like, I feel like I'm a few steps behind where you're at in your life. I'm still, I'm still getting there. And so I'm not, I'm not even going to try to compare myself at all, but I, I can see the joy that it brings you right now and to be able to just talk about it. And I can't wait um, because it's, it's, it's very emotionally just exhausting to not talk about it. Yeah. And, and so I think it just takes the right person and here we are. <laughs> um, oh. And, uh, and so I think, understanding that and whenever I finally understand it, I think, I think it's just like it, yes, you have to work at it and you have to like want to do it. But I think my brain for so long has shut it off, but it's weird. It's so strange as you get older. um, You'll just have like a, you'll just be randomly in a grocery store and then click. It's like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) where did this come from? Yeah. Why, what triggered that? Like, yeah. Oh God. It's at some point it was like, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and show you this film real quick and you're not going to like it. So, yeah. and 
you're just kind of like, oh, great. So, dude, I I admire what you're sharing here because this is like you're where I want to be on on that level. And getting there is just it's a journey. And I think where it starts is is just the simple fact of saying I'm willing to take that journey and not being like, no, screw that. You're not going to because where I grew up, everybody was like, no, hell no. We don't talk about our feelings here. We just, mm-hmm. we bottle those up and we, mm-hmm. we just uh, go on and we drink a bush light and we pretend yeah. like it didn't happen, Nick. And you shut yeah. up. <laughs> so well, I, I know that all too well. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm glad, I'm glad to meet people like you and this, this is only getting better now. So Bro, it's, what one of one of my coaches, he was like, he said, he, and, and he and he he really talks about possibility, and it's like, okay, if any whatever situation you find yourself getting into, your your brain is always going to throw out ways to protect you from getting hurt. Like when I was a kid, I slipped on a, on some black ice on the sidewalk and ate it. And so I told myself a story. Ice means falling. When that's not what it means. Ice could mean it cools your drink. Ice can mean a good sledding adventure. Like ice can mean so many other things. But I made ice. You're gonna you're gonna fall on your ass. And it's yeah. like, okay, what type of similar stories have I attached to everything else? Oh, and and it's like, what have I? What have I missed? What experiences have I missed out on because of that trained response that I obey? And 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 he's like, whenever I talk to him, he's like, "Are you are you taking risks? <laughs> What's possible?" You know. And it's like I think I don't know, bro. Like I I, I think there's something about I didn't I, I I didn't start sharing this story till I just turned 45 back in March, right? I think mm. I started sharing it right around my birthday. Like I told people like in conversation and like, like sitting across the table at a coffee shop or whatever. Like I, I had moments, like I told my family. So I was, I was sharing it, but it was like, like sharing it to where, Hey, this is, this shit is documented. You, <laughs> it's now officially out there. Like I hadn't had that. And I remember one night I was, I was just on my phone. I'm like, I just, I just started typing in a story. And I was like, I'm about to share this. And I remember I said, let me, let me just, let me sleep on it. Because right now I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling nervous. Let me sleep on this. And, 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 and depending on how I feel tomorrow will determine if I share this post. And I woke up the next day and I was still feeling the same way, anxious, nervous. And I was like, okay, maybe this anxiety is attached to me keeping this secret. So I put post. And it was almost like there's been a freedom. Like, it's almost like this, <sighs> cast out the bag, nothing else to hide. Now I can, now I can dedicate energy to creating completely. Um, I, I remember the first person I told was my dad, right? So, my, so, so like, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. And we had this idea, let's, set, let's sit dad down in front of the cameras just have him tell a story. 
right? Yep. So he he came down to my apartment, set everything up, and we just turned on record. I'm like, all right, Pop, I'm gonna ask you questions, but just so we're six hours into him sharing his life story, right? Changing batteries in the cameras, having a drink, you know, and he kind of hits like this blank moment. And so like there's this like almost like this op- like I asked him a question about his family. And I knew, like, like in that six hours of interviewing, I knew there were things he wasn't being complete on because I knew the story. I just didn't know yeah. his version. And I'm like, I yeah. know he's not talking, but so we get to this little bump and I'm like, let me just share with dad this experience. So I share with him what happened. And it's all on the camera. It's crazy. Like, I, didn't, I didn't stop pressing record. So like I've, I've watched it a couple of times. But it's like watching my dad was like watching my dad hear me tell the story. He's just like, what? And I remember he just. There was a moment where he was just like, no, my dad, this is this is don't feel guilty because my parents split when I was young. So he wasn't physically there. I'm like, dad, this is not a story for you to feel like you should have done something. Nope. Don't even don't even do that. I just wanted to share with you what I've been going through. Right. So anyway. Finish telling the story. We interview for like another hour and a half. We wrap up. He hops in the car to head back home. So about an hour and a half after um, leaving, I get this phone call. And I hear, like, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, where are you? He's like, I'm on the side of the road. I just left LA. But uh, I, can't, I can't travel a mile further until I come clean with you. He sat there and for the next hour and a half, told me all the full details of all the stories he didn't, he wasn't complete on. And he was like, mm-hmm. he was like, son, I've never, I've never felt more revealed with somebody in my life. He was like, you told me your worst experience. And I was like, well, shit, I, there's, I can't have secrets with you. Like, like you've show, you, you've shared it all with me, bro. We're gonna, yeah. we're, and, and, it, and it was like my dad and I's relationship as grown men got immediately deep. It like yeah. he was, he was like moving forward, bro. If, if if this is the level we're on, oh shit, okay, bet this is dope. And like when his <sighs> wife passed, I was the first guy he called, and it was one of those scenes where it was like, I, I think, I think there's a space of like, you may not be ready. To, I, I don't think we're ever ready to share our darkest moments ever. I don't think we're ever ready for it. But I do think what that does, it immediately makes you a beacon of comfort for those who, it, 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 the, the rules immediately change in all your relationships. Because now mm-hmm. it's like, well, shit, Rucker is fully revealed. Now I can't, I can't hide anything around you because yeah. I know you're wide open. And it's yeah. like, I, 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 think like, I think God gives us these moments for connection purposes. This yeah. chick was, we were, we were in this, con- I don't, I'm, I'm sorry for rambling, this, this, we were in this conversation, this chick was like going through all the woes of her life, and she was like, well, you've never been raped, and, it, and, it, and we're, at, we're, at, we're at this table, I don't really know this chick, and we were kind of having a political conversation, we were disagreeing on some things, and she brought that out there, and the whole table then looked at me like, yeah, you haven't been raped, and I was like, and in that moment, I was like, I don't want to tell my story to these jerks. I don't know these people. But I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. I'm like, well, actually, you're right. I haven't been raped. I think the term is gang raped. There were multiple dicks. 
Um, and I shared my and I shared my story, and they and and, and, then, and then it was it was interesting, bro, because it was like and, and it wasn't meant to be like a one up. I'm like, please don't think I'm trying to one up you. Trust me, I'm not. But to answer your question, I can relate to the experience you feel is very unique to yours. And we had a great dialogue, and it actually kind of like leveled the playing field a little bit. When the conversation wrapped, though, one of the people that was kind of on the outskirts of the conversation came up to me, and they were like, dude, um, I needed to hear you share that. I needed to hear that because, wow, like, here's what I've been going through. And this person revealed so much to me. And it was like, I can tell you haven't told anybody this before. And it was almost like the floodgates of honesty get permission to flow when you get revealed. So it's like, yeah. I think like, like, I'll be really, if there's anything I can encourage you on, it's like, bro, like the biggest risk you can take is just throwing it out there. Cause you know, who knows yeah. where it's going to land, but it's like, I, I, I can guarantee you, you're going to experience a level of freedom. Man, I know whenever I, um, I shot a video, oh, probably five years ago now, four or five. Anyway, I had a guy come in and we told my story about um, alcohol abuse and all that stuff. And I going through rehab for 28 days and talking about the, the thing that was hard for me to talk about at the time was suicide and how I was and how I was suicidal and and going down the rabbit hole of where where I was at mentally at the time and how just on the cusp of of death I consistently was because I was like oh if things don't go right today I can kill myself and that will be okay that it'll make it okay and so I had in it I always lived with this quote and I'll always live with this quote because I always told my I had a roommate at one point and in Kansas city, when I lived there and I told him, I was like, I remember being drunk and saying like, well, my, I always felt like my family was disappointed in me. Like I was a failure. Like I just didn't, didn't amount to much. I didn't go to college, didn't pick a career, whatever the case may be. And I just was like, well, at least they would see me follow through with something if I was to kill myself. Wow. And, um, and so I remember telling him that, and I always carried that with me. That was always my crutch was like, well, if this fails, at least I won't fail at this. And it's such a horrible way to look at things, of course. Um, but at the time I was just kind of like what you're talking about. Like I was, I was the victim. I poor me like, Hey, yeah, how would you like to hear my story and how sad I am? And, um, it's, it's something that we got to go through, I guess, you know, to get to the good stuff. And so telling people that story and saying that I had a gun in my mouth, I was going to follow through with this. And I was, they were, the floodgates opened people, all of a sudden I'm getting messages on Facebook and everywhere else of like, man, I've been there. Like I've been that, what you're talking about. And they're like, I don't, I'm never going to share that with anybody but you, but there was a trust. There's a trust in, they know that like what it's, what it took for me to come up, 
you know, make a public statement about it. Hey, here's a billboard that says I tried to kill myself, basically. You know, like, hey, here it is. And so people flock to that kind of behavior. And I always revert back to I whenever I was first starting out in music. And I was probably 17 or 18. And I went to a show in Columbia, Missouri at the Blue Note. And I saw one of my favorite bands, um, Green Wheel, who was like – they were on the Spider-Man soundtrack and they never really made it huge, but they had some cool songs. And so I was down there watching them in a band called in the clear came out and they opened up the show and another band, Leo. And I remember like it was yesterday. I went up to the, the, in the clear band reminded me of Deftones. And I went up and I talked to, and I was a huge Chino Moreno fan, like growing up and I go up to this guy and I'm like, Hey man, like, I don't know if you know this, but like you, you remind me of, you know, your style reminds me of Deftones and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know how you are when you're a kid and you're trying to figure out the music scene or whatever creative outlet you're trying to do. You're like, got any pointers, you know? And he's like, man, if I could tell you one thing, he was like, whenever you write, you need to write about the stuff that nobody else wants to talk about. And I was like, that's always Ooh. stuck with me. It, I'm getting, yeah, goosebumps right now. It's real time. Just remember, yeah. remembering those moments. And so that's whenever I got into, I started taking writing more serious was like the internet wasn't a thing really yet then. And it was, it wasn't like I could go on WordPress and put all my thoughts on there. But I, I had a, I had a journal and I sat down and I just started writing and I look back at that thing all the time now because I'm like, wow, I, I went through, the, I had these phases in my head that I was going through. And so it's, it's interesting to see just like what kind of people you draw out of the woodwork, yeah. people that you would never expect that would come to you and say, hey, you know, like, you know, from the back of the room, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ernest so-and-so from, yeah. uh, you know, uh, um, back in Missouri, he's like, hey, man, uh, I uh, am going through what you went through a few years ago, and I could use some help. And I think my biggest regret and, and was that my sharing my sobriety story, and I had a family member who I didn't, I knew was kind of into drugs, but didn't know for sure. And she had reached out to me on Facebook, which at the time I was getting messages, this random, like people share those, like, Hey, if you love somebody pass this on stuff. And you're like, and I think just, just, and I, it's hard for me to like, Oh, not again, grandma, don't fall for that. Um, But, but in their world, it means something greater than what I'm perceiving it as. And so she would always share these things, my cousin. And then she shared, she asked me, she was like, Hey, do you know how I could get into a reasonably priced rehab? And I was like, I didn't know you needed rehab for one. Mm. Um, and two, I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I don't have, you know, that stuff readily available. And so she's like, okay, it's cool. I'll figure it out. Well, then she died <laughs> like two months later. And it was just traumatic because then that, that always, I can't erase it. Like it's always there on Facebook. 
And so I'll go back to it periodically. And if I'm ever having like a moment where I'm like, I feel like I'm better than somebody else, mm-hmm. basically, I go back to that. And I was like, there was a point when every, everything was, every, everybody was even, like everything was even. And this is your sign that you need to remind yourself of that. And so those moments, they're, it's just, it's crazy. They're hard pills to swallow. And it's, but ultimately you're, you're an outlet for somebody else. And it just keeps, you just kind of pass it on. You just have it for a little bit. It goes away. You get tired of sharing your story. You're just kind of like, ah, okay, this is who I am. And, but then eventually, you know, it just always comes back. There's a breath of new life into it. And people, other people always seem to find you if they need you. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I, I think, I think, I think honesty and the truth becomes a beacon. Um, and I think, I think, I think when we, from my personal experience, it's like the more, the more I share, <laughs> the more I get to experience other people having moments of freedom for themselves. Um, and it's like, I, I think, and that's what like, 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 like my, my biggest thing is I really believe everybody's story matters. You know, I don't believe, I, I believe God made one of every person. That's it. So if there's, if there's only one, like there will never be another Nick Rucker ever, ever, no matter how many times yeah. that, that name combination may be combined, there'll never be another use of that. If that's the case then your life means um, something amazing because there'll never be another one ever. So it's like, oh, well, then that needs to be shared. That needs to be experienced. If, if it's with one person, if it's with a million, doesn't matter. Like, like value, va- value is value, no matter, how, no matter who all gets to receive it together. Value just knows it's valuable. And I really believe like it's our stories, bro, that, that literally not just connect us, but like, give energy and permission for other people to discover their story. Um, right. And I, and I think, and I think we, we, we write these narratives about ourselves. Like my biggest hindsight is going back and really looking at who's been the culprit of all these. <laughs> it's like, man, it's been me the entire time. It's been me. Like when you get down to the end of the rabbit hole and you're facing yourself again, you're like, Oh, it was me. I thought it was dad. Nope. It was, I thought it was mom. I, nope. It was, yeah. And it was like, Holy crap. Like I've told myself way more lies about myself than anyone else has. In fact, I don't think anyone's come to me and lied to me about me. They were telling me the truth. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, I was creating yep. some lie out of it, but it's like, Holy crap! Like I've literally sabotaged myself out of life. So if 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 I have the choice to do that, then I must have the choice mm-hmm. to bring myself back into life. Has to work that way. So it's like okay, let 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 me let me be intentional now about about how I show up. Um, let me know who I am, and let me not let whatever defects that I've experienced become who I am beyond that, you know? Yep. Um, so it's like, I so, think, I think, um, well, Oh, um, tell me about like, 
your filmmaking stuff like what are you working on right now because i'm that that's right in omaha and said you've got all this stuff going on so what if you can talk about it what are you what do you got going on um one of my buddies i started doing stand-up with he uh he works for a big realty company big iron realty and one of the owners has this passion project uh the the concept the name the name of the show is called share your legacy and the whole concept is we're just finding and meeting people and it's like what's your story um what what is the legacy you want to leave behind is why is family important why is legacy important um why is why is why is caring about the future for people important and it's literally just a show that that tells different individual stories. We're, we're focusing on rural America because, number one, that's where they're from. Um, but I think, like, like living in California, people talk about Nebraska as if it's Middle Earth. <laughs> people are like, that place is <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, is it Hogwarts? Like, like they, they talk about, like, it's some, like, mystic place on a yeah. map, but no one ever goes. And it's like, well... What are the, like, like, why is it that this particular family has lived in this town of 400 people for five generations? When there's a highway out of town, there must be a reason why they're there. What's the story? And I think, like, like true, like, not just American values, but just, I think, life values are found in the most unexpected place. So it's like, for me, it's like, when he told me about the project, I was like, oh, that's spot on with what I want to create. Because um, I've, I've had a concept very similar, and it's almost like this project here has given me permission to say, yo, like when this thing wraps, go do that thing. Because people really, people want to know about each other, whether we admit it or not. And so it's like, I, I think the human story holds so much weight. So that's, that's really the point of why I'm here. It's like many documentary series, um, the, the each episode is going to be 22 minutes in length. Um, the statistic of 22 veterans a day succumb to suicide, which hits home for me really hard because I, I think I told you this the other night, like about a month or so ago, we lost one of our, we, we lost one of our, one of our cousins to suicide. Uh, he was a Marine. He served in Afghanistan. And yeah. when the war in the Ukraine's, popped off um the one in ukraine there was some particular battalion that was firing off these certain types of missiles and he was from that battalion he was like i was on the same battalion we fired the same missiles and it was like his 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 he was completely re-triggered and the dark hole he was living in got darker and i remember there, there there'll be times that we would hang out and he would say stuff like I can't get these thoughts out of my head. Like I can't, like I, I can't get what I've seen. And literally, like he's gone. And this project here is like, yo, like this is for this is for Steven. Like, like, like this, this has this project means so much more to me than just collecting some pay and going to set up my cameras. It's like this is also honoring families who've experienced what we just like, like we have dog tags that we wear in honor of Stephen with all of his information on it 
And it's like, yo, like, we can't, we can't ever stop talking about this because mm-hmm. I don't ever want any family to experience what we had to experience. Um, and so like, like when, when they were telling me about this project, I was like, oh, wow, this is really hitting home because we just buried Steven like three days before I got the phone call for this project. So I'm like, I'm in it. So it's like, there's the, there's, there's the excitement to get to tell the stories of people in rural America. And there's also the space of, I'm, I'm, I, I want to honor my boy. And I want to not just honor him, but, but also his legacy. His last words were, yo, keep being a voice for other vets who have PTSD, who are going through this because I've got to check out, but the movement can't stop. So it's like his legacy is tied with this production. We're, as well. so it's, like, we're, yeah. we're, it's cutting out quite a bit. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm in the I'm in the boondocks, and my internet connection is terrible. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Okay. Hey, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Um, it's cutting. I switched it over to uh, okay. Can you can you still hear me? Yep, can hear you. We'll see you too. Okay. Much better. There we go. Okay. We're back. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's like the, I, I was I, I, a few years ago, about five or six years ago, maybe seven now. Um, I, I have a buddy and his wife, they have a, uh, a rescue home in Thailand and they, they're, they're set up in Patia, which is the sex trafficking capital of the world. They went there and they basically have this home where they rescue kids who've been sex trafficked. We went over there for about 10 days to shoot a documentary and to shoot some like fundraising stuff for them because they're fully like, like they, they get tips on where kids are, but they get no funding from the government over there because it's like the sex business is the biggest business of that area. So even though yeah. it's illegal, they're not, it's, it's not shutting down. Right. So yeah. we went over there and we met a bunch of different people and it hit me like the people whose who stories need to be told can't afford production costs. Yeah, <laughs> like like we're in the we're in the, like like my camera costs more than their home. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's no way they could afford me, but it's like their story has their, their story like the world needs to hear what they have to say, yep. and that's and that's what I really got inspired. Like, it's people. Like God's currency isn't streets of gold and mansions, it's people. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, if, if God's currency is people, then it's like we hold the most value for each other. Um, and that's when I really decided, like, yo, like what I want to do with my life is be a part of sharing stories of people. Um, I'll share mine, but my real joy is getting to share yours. So, like, yep. that's why I'm here. Um, I really feel like this is a season of like. For my for my film, like, like I've done, a lot, I like I've I've primarily worked in corporate America, worked for Cisco, worked, I worked for a bunch of corporations and did their content, and it was like it was cool, but it was like there's got to be more than doing a video about burritos and, and steak. <laughs> there's got to be, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's got to be more. 
Yeah. It's like, I really feel like this is a season, like, like this project is kind of like the launch of that new season of where I want to be as a filmmaker. Um, I uh, was, whenever you decided to do that, because I'm assuming it, it's probably close to kind of what I do for a living is we have, we're a foundation slash concrete repair company that happens to do all these extra things too, which is like provide commercials for people. And I'm, I go on camera quite often and shoot install videos. And I didn't realize that like, whenever I applied that I would have to be an actor. Um, That's hilarious. But I've slowly become an actor and enjoyed it and yeah. in all honesty and so <clears throat> that's whenever you decided to get out of like say corporate america like you say then moved over to just kind of like hey the freelance i guess side uh, i don't wouldn't call it that but like the more serious for yourself side was that pretty scary for you as far as like oh i gotta cut this cord of i know there's constant money here and now i can't we have that. <clears throat> it's one of my boys told me, and he was like, <laughs> "What he said it was like, all right, dude, I see what you're doing." Um, he was like, "Earth," he said, "Your life does not fall under the rule of money." He was like, "Wipe that out of your mind. You don't fall under the rule of money." Um the value you have to offer surpasses any check. So money becomes a formality and a tool. But he was like, you've got to retrain how you think. And, and, and I'll be real, like, that's probably one of, one of the big things that I would like, that I'm learning right now is like, what, what has been my mindset about money? Um, I was always taught, save it, keep it, hoard it, don't let it go. But when you look at people that have the most money, there's a good amount of their money that flows through them. You know, yep. uh, so it's like, OK, if all these people as wealthy as they are, 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 are donating and giving and creating opportunity, whether it's donation, whether it's jobs, whether it's whatever. Maybe I'm showing up to money incorrectly. Money wasn't meant to be damned. It was meant to flow. So mm -hmm. it's like I've discovered that. I drove out here from LA and it was going to be a three day road trip and a day and a half. in, I was like, I want to take my time. So it went from a three day road trip to an eight day road trip. And I was like, I'm going to treat this budget. I'm going to let it flow. I'm tipping people like, like, like this, like, it's, it's, like I tip this dude, like, like I went, I went to this Canyon to take pictures on this tour and everyone's giving him five, 10 bucks. I'm like, Oh crap. All I have is a hundred dollar bill in my wallet. Well, Looks like Preston's getting it. And it was like, I said, let, let me no longer base how I show up with money on these rules. And it was crazy, yeah. bro. I didn't run out of any dough on that trip. I, I, I almost three times the length of it got here and still had money in my budget. Like, wow, how did that, how did that even happen that I budgeted for three and a half days, turned it into eight and still came with money? And I'm talking to my boy. He's yeah. like, bro, you gave yourself permission to not base your actions on what was in your wallet. You did what was ever on your yeah. heart. Um, and I think like, like, like I'm discovering that the more I just ebb and flow, 
the money's gonna come. <laughs> like the the money. Yeah. <laughs> I was a part. I'm, I'm a part of a church plant back home, and church plants we're always broke. We never have dough. And I remember when I first moved out to California. That's why I moved to California. My best friend planted a church. He was like, "Come be a part." Um, and I'm like, you want me to stop doing stand up for Jesus? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but <laughs> I get out there and there were all these things that we used to do, bro. And, and I was always like, bro, like, we don't have the money. Why are we, why are we throwing a concert and we can barely afford to print flyers? And he was like, Urs, if you live your life waiting for the dough to come, the thing is never going to happen because the money never shows up when you expect. Money is a response to your actions. Once you start making commitments and start creating it, the dough's going to show. Trust me, it yeah. always does. The catch is you have to believe it's going to come. And you, and, you, and you have to believe you're beyond that rule. And it's like 11 years later, I get the message from another buddy and it finally clicks. Like, oh, I've been operating in the lack. Let me operate in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it's like, it is a little scary going from a guaranteed payment to what does the future look like? But it's almost like right now I feel so like I'm experiencing a freedom creatively that I couldn't, I couldn't put a price tag on. So it's right. like, okay, you know what? Let me just stay in this space. The money's going to come, you know? Well, I think, I think too, your brain starts to figure out ways to make it work. And like, uh-huh. Like, I don't know how many times I've been backed in a corner and you're like a situation that like, hey, if you, uh, you know, you proposed to me with something right now that was like, you got to come up with $10,000 tomorrow. I'm like, well, there's nothing on the line. So it's more of like, you're just asking me to. But if it's like, hey, you got to come up with $10,000 tomorrow because your mom has to have this surgery. I'm Uh... probably going to. I'm going to figure out a way to make $10,000 by tomorrow, whether or not that's like sell all my furniture or what it is, but I got to figure it out. And, you know, that's, it's crazy how even like, I think as, as an artist in some way, shape or form, like we have that switch in our brains. That's kind of like, I'm okay putting my faith in the fact that I'll figure it out. Like, I'm not going to die. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and if it does, guess what? There is, there is kind of a big comfy couch of corporate America over here that would probably take me back in if I yeah. wanted to come back with my tail between my legs. But <clears throat> ultimately, I don't know how many times I've sat there and said, you know, if I wanted to start doing music full time tomorrow, what would I have to do? Come and on, it's bro. like, and it's like, yeah. well, I would have to, I would have the time to get better, um, get better at what I want to get better at. I would have the time to book shows um, that, that weren't in the state of Nebraska, not all of them, (laughs) because then I would have that extra time. And, you know, I think, and maybe I I shouldn't, I've never been the type of person that's like, Hey, I'm going to rely on these crutches that I have as far as, or these excuses um, you know, because I do, I have a family to provide for and everything else. And that's probably what scares me more. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I think there's sometimes, sometimes I sit back and say, uh, they might find it admirable to, 
for me to go and do something like that. But I just, I'm not saying that I won't, but I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't know as of right now, but I, so I admire what you're doing um, to bring that back around, but, and to go out and film people because last, I think it was last year. um, No, it was 2020. I had a film crew come to my house Mm-hmm. And, and film filmed me um, for a I was a um, ambassador for a mental health um, hospital portion mm-hmm. of this hospital. They they do a gala every year, and they wanted some people's stories that have had mental health stuff go on. Yeah. And so basically, I just got on camera and and sat there and shared my story and was like, hey you can do yeah. it too kind of stuff. Yeah. And so they're trying to raise awareness in rural Northwest Missouri, where I'm from. I don't know if it worked, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely some more people that are aware. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it was cool to hear their story. Cause they're like, yeah, this is what we do. We started a, a media company in Kansas city. And so we just get hired by these people that don't, have the means of filming things themselves and i'm like yeah that's that's awesome that they do that and and so i definitely like admire your spirit and being able to go out and just do that because honestly man you saying like the money's gonna come it's gonna come it's Mm -hmm. there's never been any as far as my life in the music scene and everything else I've never understood how people can struggle being a musician, mm. like, mm. because I've never had an issue with finding gigs that would pay. Yeah. I mean, there was a time, of course, whenever I was paying to play somewhere, mm. but it's because, hey, I sucked. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, people were taking the chance. But uh, like what you're doing, too, is, is rolling up on people and saying like, hey, I want to share your story. And I just need an hour with you on camera so i got some footage to edit and some b-roll and everything else and i just need that time are you cool and they're like what you don't want money from me for this and i'm sure you get that a lot but um so with that though there is a there isn't a guarantee that there's going to be a constant flow of money but there's going to be something maybe even better than money that comes from it and that's and the the cliche thing is like, oh, well, you're going to get exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure you know that. It's like, yeah, you yeah. can't pay you, but you're going to get to be exposed to a lot of stuff. And it's not, they're not so far wrong. I mean, there, yeah. there's really, it's, it's, I've gotten the best gigs hmm. from shows where I made 50 bucks. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's facts. That's facts. Yeah. That's and I facts. did because I, played there and i played for free or 20 bucks or whatever the case may be but i i think it's awesome i think that i can't wait to start watching these now too because i mean dude it's crazy man uh a week ago we didn't really know each other we had no idea that each other existed you came in from la i've got some friends that live out in la and in stuff in the music scene and I would, I've never had a desire to go to LA, um, yeah. but that's the only other way I think we would have crossed paths aside mm. from you coming to Nebraska. Yeah. And so 
<clears throat> yeah, it was just, um, it was, it's, it's the most random thing ever, but I do believe, I think this is the beginning to something that's bigger. I um, I, and I, I wrote you and I said, anytime you want to collaborate on something, just let me yeah. know. And amazing. so I think it's, it, there's something, something put us together. Like I, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know yet, but one of these days we're going to look back and we're going to say this was, that was the catalyst. Yeah. How, how the hell did we not see that coming? Happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> Hey man, I, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and everything Definitely. that you shared being vulnerable with our, with our audience and everybody that has listened has taken something from this in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And I, I guarantee that they either look you up and they are motivated by what you're sharing. They heard your story um, and are just now, maybe this is what they needed. <clears throat> those are, those are the things because, and I'll tell everybody that's listening right now, um, what he shared is not something obviously that the common person is going to share with everybody. And to go back to and maybe just put yourself in a time and place where you hid your own feelings from yourself in fear that you would wear them on your shoulder and everybody mm-hmm. would know yeah. and don't i mean mm-hmm. and and i know it's easier said than done it's so easy for me to say that but what he what ourselves is talking about with the freedom and feeling so much better after the fact it is true. Um, it is very true. And to feel that weight lifted, the stress that you carry in your body because of it just kind of goes away. And man, this is, this has been awesome. I'm so glad I had you on here because it's happy to be a part. <laughs> and the rad country community is going to be better for it. So, so all right, brother. So don't. Um, where can guys, where can people find you? Um, if they want to check you out on, um, like social media. Um, Instagram's my main one. Um, at Ursel Ivanhoe. Uh, that's, I have a Facebook, but I really don't. Instagram is where the fun's at. So I tell folks yeah. like, Hey, if you want to connect, find me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. Um, so IG is, is definitely the place, you know, come by, be a part of the journey. Um, I, I think as much as I share my story, I want to hear yours. And that's, that's the yep. only reason why I share my story so I can get to hear other people. So connect. I'd love to meet you. Um, I'd love to encourage you. I'd love to challenge you. Um, I, I, I think, I think that's what, what, what the, for me, that's what, what brings me life people. So come you find do, me. Uh, yeah. You do some coaching too, don't you? Yeah as well yeah Um, what is what is what does that entail um so start this uh so keep keep showing up is kind of like my 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 brand um that's kind of been the mantra that has kind of like stuck with not just my content but just how i approach life just keep showing up to the thing it's you're gonna get the results and so um actually last night i had my keep my, my very first keep showing up workshop and it's really just 
the, the, the biggest thing I want to help people experience is taking time to discover themselves. You know, it wasn't until I was intentionally waking up and journaling every day and writing down what I was grateful for and writing down what I liked about myself and really getting intentional about what I wanted to create that I started really having a shift in my, in my mind and in my life. And um, I think like the, the, like my bait, what brings people in is, Oh, this dude's lost some weight, but it's like the weight is really just, that was my symptom. Everybody has the symptom they struggle with. But at the end of the day, if you fix your heart and you fix the story you have about yourself, whatever your struggles are, they disappear. Mm-hmm. And so my, my, my heart is that like, like I want people to truly discover how freaking amazing they are and that they get to determine how amazing they are. It's not based on anything, but their choice. That's it. Um, if, if people, when people discover that they get to control that, they, they have the power to choose themselves they become better and then we get to experience a better them. Um, you know, so that, that's really, that's really my heart's mission, bro. It's like, we don't go to the world to get love and to get joy and to get peace. We are those things and we show up to the world to give that to the world. So the world is off the hook. The world just gets to experience our love and we get to have the greatest lives ever. Um, and that's my whole, that's, that's what fuels me, bro. That's it in a nutshell. That's awesome, man. Like for real, I, I admire all of that, but, and I Thank wish you. I had, I wish I had more of that. And you do. It's there. <laughs> it is. I just got to tap into it. I got to figure yep. it out. Real talk, bro. It's there for real. But, uh, Hey brother, thanks for coming on. And I, <clears throat> once again, really appreciate it. And Pleasure. Hey guys. And as I said, in the beginning, I've got a show coming up uh, June 2nd at the Barnado um, in Omaha. And so if you find yourself um, in Omaha or if you reside in Omaha, come out. It's a Thursday night show and it'll be 6 to 9 p.m. It'll be fun. It's my first time playing at the Barnado, which is was on the bucket list uh, for me to play there in Omaha because they <clears throat> such a well-run place. All of the big name talent that comes through Omaha comes and plays there. And so for me, it's going to be awesome standing on a stage that a lot of guys that I admire um, have played on. So come out, have some fun. Once again, Ursel, thank you, brother. And if you guys, Ursel Ivanhoe on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably going to be the best place for you guys to find him and follow him and see his story. Thanks again. Hey, guys, have a good uh, rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. 